Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your GM. With me today are Tio. Hello, hello. I am Tio, and I play Claire Claremont, the Forgotten Vessel. Mm. Hannah. Bonsoir, mes amis. This is Hannah, and I play Max the Paradox. And Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle. I play Duncan Oliver the Vox. <laughs> Woo! And we have concluded our first disturbance. You solved Woo! your bus puzzle. You solved my bus puzzle. Yeah! Mostly. We got a few loose ends, but we'll get to those. We are chasing your <laughs> bus puzzle still. <laughs> your, your puzzle? Your puzzle. My puzzle. <laughs> oh, God, I hate it. <laughs> How are you all feeling after our first disturbance? Yeah, good. I'm not hurt even a little bit. Mm. You came up pretty close to the limit on your essence, though. Yep, but then I solved the mystery and exposed a truth. Yeah. Um, I think I'm still kind of figuring out, like, how <laughs> how to play, listeners. <laughs> we did do a practice session. So, Hannah, there's this game has two dice, and when you do an action, you roll two hey, dice. Hey, guess what? I also feel like I'm still figuring out how to play. But I would argue that I never learned how to play Monster of the Week either because I rarely use my moves and kind of just did weird things. Well, it's new people, too. New characters. <laughs> gotta get settled in these new bones. You gotta get settled in your skin. Fresh yeah. flight. Our new skin. Skin your new skin suits. <laughs> you got to get settled into your new skin suits mm -hmm. for your actor minds. Quantum leaped into this universe. <laughs> I keep having to remind myself that I am not playing Jay or the Crooked right now. I really like having Alvin's I don't take quite as much harm move. That's nice. That's uh, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like being a little bit, a little bit, a little less soft. Oh mm -hmm. my God. What? Something will change. Time it's cats. very comforting. Time cats. Uh, and I do like that we have just leaned into the cats. That they're just mm -hmm. time cats. We got time cats. Um, they're much more canonical this time. And you yes. have to find them. Yes, I have to find <laughs> the time cats. But all in all, I'd say it is a bit of adjustment just moving from like, Oh, this is like, you know, could be anybody's hometown versus this is anybody's hometown on acid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, basically. So that's a shift. That's a like a mental shift that I'm still kind of working towards leaning into. But I'm glad that's I fair. got to drive the bus and that the bus, yeah. you know, maybe I have a new friend. Bus friend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. We played Monster of the Week for two and a half years, mm -hmm. 60 plus episodes. Yep. yep. It's definitely, definitely will take some time to uh, sort of shake off the themes and tropes there. I'm having a grand old time being <laughs> an insufferable uh, character. It is very fun. Um, I'm sure it's not fun for others, but boy, is it fun for me. <laughs> uh, I feel like you're just the right level of insufferable, though. Oh, that's good. We'll have to keep that in check. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> We've done a pH <laughs> test. The audience loves it. <laughs> mm -hmm. For now. Yeah, you gotta, an yeah. acid test. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's similar to... Anna enjoying some things that Alvin had. I am enjoying having none of the things that Alvin had. <laughs> uh, other than you really did a, 180. a charming personality. Hey. But yeah, Duncan is bad at fighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but good at talking. He's even worse at doing spooky stuff that's kind of core to the setting. But he can talk to buses. So that's good. Yeah. 
natural interviewers, I love this move so far. I've used it a couple times. It is very fun. The Vox is kind of the mundane almost of of, of Absurdia. <laughs> Obviously not the same, but uh, in terms of like the role it plays with other playbooks, definitely the most normal. And I love the mundane from, from Monster of the Week. So <laughs> yeah. This is a, a comfortable glove to slide into. <laughs> <laughs> skin glove a comfortable glove of a skin suit to quantum leap right into yeah were there any favorite moments from this arc or anything that surprised you or stood out uh time cat was cool yeah i'm surprised that elodie just like bounced like a sack of concrete i would have expected her <laughs> to have done a little bit better but you know <laughs> the bus is nothing to mess with <laughs> yep I would say I also really loved, like, it was kind of like we built it together, so I don't know if I could say I was surprised by it, but I I really like where it ended up, this, like, idea of the Bureaumancer, like, the, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I think that's so fun. Yeah. Yes. It was just so fun, and now I really desperately want a deck of cards for that. Um, Thinking about adding a Patreon goal. Stay tuned. That could be fun. Yeah, I, I really love the, this game is a lot more open to, like, collaborative world building in the moment a little more than in monster of the week kind of is so like yeah how we came together and helped seed and <laughs> generate the bureaucracy mancer bureaucracy bureaucracy uh and like your ranger friend out in the wood i mean all of our like friends and rivals are collaboratively created because it's part of character creation you get to also make people and aspects of the town which is really cool yeah yeah i haven't even met my friend my bud yet that's true. Yeah, uh, stay tuned. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are no end of session questions in Absurdia right now. I'm thinking about maybe adding some. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to steal the ones or some of them from Monster of the Week just because I think they're fun to talk about. Do we get XP? Yeah, do we get points? Do we get... Um, <gasps> oh. Yeah, maybe we'll toss some extra XP in there for fun. <laughs> we keep rolling so badly and not getting any. <laughs> That's that's true. <laughs> Did we learn something new about the town? Yeah, a couple things, I think. What did we learn? Uh, we learned there's a screaming fog early warning system. Yeah, <laughs> which you created, basically. <laughs> which I made. <laughs> we learned that you can make your own bus stop if only you dream hard enough. Mm -hmm. The real bus stop was the friends we made along the way. Mm -hmm. And that there used to be bus stops and they yeah and about what's happening in this like pool area the pool cracking back alley yeah, yeah. the pool cracking pool cracking we learned about sploot <laughs> oh yeah sploot listeners we had a uh an intense conversation about what the name for the sticky note social media that, that claire sort of has capitalized on should be named uh, we didn't reach much of a conclusion uh but i think i think we're gonna go with sploot yeah! I think it's going to be named Sploot. I'm kind of coming around on Sploot. I'm Yay! coming around to Sploot, too. It's growing <laughs> Also, we pitched it to the Discord, and nothing better than Sploot. So, Sploot it! Now, <laughs> I will say this is on brand for Claire. I think that Claire is someone who, like, tries to say that she, like, created the name for it or whatever. She's in a deep, intense legal battle over it because splooting is also a term for when an animal lays down and stretches their hind legs straight out behind them, looking oh, yeah. like Superman flying through the air. Corgis oh, yeah. do the sploot. Yes, to keep cool. And so there's a there's a little bit of a copyright issue going on. Wait, but people it's have fine. the copyright on the word for when dogs stick their hindquarters out? Any animal. 
any animal. Sure, but someone has a copyright on that? In our world, they certainly do. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The copyright uh, fight the us. copyright belongs to the word <laughs> spelled S P L U with the umlauts on it. T. Uh, so oh. Okay, okay. Well, I thought it was That's not how we spell like it. A, that's not how we spell it. Slang. Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fight us, lawyers. <laughs> Bring it on. We learned quite a lot about the town. Makes sense. First arc. Check. Did we learn something new about your characters? We learned that I have a rival. In fact, all of you have rivals. Mm-hmm. And we learned both of your friends, right? Yes. Jackie and Walker. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, Duncan. I haven't forgotten about your friend. I know. I know. <laughs> Hasn't quite come up yet. Anything else? Uh, I don't know if Duncan, if we learned much new about Duncan other than he's not great at running. <laughs> uh, he can't help himself but help people. That We are learning that about Duncan, I think. And everything that happened in this arc is something we've learned because these are new characters. Yeah. Anything for Claire or Max? We learned about Claire's ongoing beef with the bureaucracy more broadly than mm-hmm. just Mina. Oh, that's true. Yes. Yeah. But trying to deduce the book of codes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, uh, you're yeah. deepening beef. Your your long your your yeah campaign wide arc. That's right. We did do the swapsy. Yeah. Before we dive into potential bonus experience, let's mm-hmm. uh, real quick. Let's go over everyone's agendas and essence refreshes. Would you consider that it is afraid of being confined, exposing a truth? I would. Yes. Yes. Would you, Quinn? Would you say <laughs> that manipulating the bus to zoop and zoop at a time was using the past or the future to save the present. Yes. All right. Now, do I get to erase all of them or just one? When you hit your refresh, you erase all of your marked boxes. Yeah. Quinn, would you say that getting a hold (laughs) of the code compliance secret document counts as tapping a new source of entropic power? Uh, it's questionable, but I'm going to give it to you. (laughs) Now, Quinn, (laughs) I don't think this one will fly. I got the refresh for exposing the truth. I don't think Inquisitor applies there, which is get to the bottom of things no matter the cost. Mark experience when you act callously or maliciously to get the truth. I don't think so. The other one is mark experience when you put yourself in harm's way to stand against chaos and entropy. But I kind of stood against the community there. Yeah, you kind of stood with chaos and entropy here. I don't. But also protecting the community because they would have gotten their fucking asses beat. There's no way a bunch of wahoos with harpoons is going to beat a time jump bus. (laughs) Not with that attitude. Just smoosh them up. (laughs) I don't have a lot of faith in my neighbors and their harpoons. (laughs) Clearly. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, not not entirely unjustified. That's all for me. Anyone else think they got agendas fulfilled? I don't know if jumping on the bus constitutes a dangerous task. I'm a fan of interpreting agendas fairly broadly. So okay, um, I, let's say yes. All right. Tio, did you do you have any? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, either. unfortunately. How do we get unharmed? When that's a great question. Uh, harm is pretty simplified in Absurdia. Mm-hmm. If you take a break during a disturbance, you can all heal one harm. Otherwise, it just clears at the end of a disturbance. Got it. We're Calvin balling the rules here, which is funny because they're my rules. But um, <laughs> I'm going to say they're yours to uh, Calvinize. That's they true. are mine to Calvinize. 
I've got 98 theses that I'm going to post here. Um, <laughs> that was not Calvin. <laughs> Listeners, don't at me. I know that was Martin Luther. Don't at me. Um, anyway, so let's do one XP for each of those questions. So two bonus experience. Okay. Two bonus. Ooh, mm. I have leveled up. Ooh, very exciting. Okay. Do you know what you would like to take? Let's take a look. I will continue to remain terrible at swaying or hoodwinking anybody with a negative one because, frankly, that's pretty humorous. Makes yeah, for a lot it of. Is. Uh, but yeah. I will take. I got a, you. I got you. Okay, good. I will take a plus <laughs> one to pluck. So that gives me a plus one now to pluck. It was zero and now it's plus okay. one. Okay. And with that, I think we're ready to jump in. Max. Yes. You are gently guiding the bus through town, having just escaped the smackdown, the throwdown, the hullabaloo outside of City Hall, and you are in the clear. Although you do see one figure running after you. Where are you headed with the bus? Well, Jackie did say that if I brought her the bus, that she would be able to take a look at it and maybe help me. I recall that she said something about the abandoned gas station. So I am driving the bus, guiding the bus, gently encouraging the bus. I'm doing some, like, gentle pats on the dashboard, which is what I do whenever I get my car back from the mechanic because <laughs> I've missed it. So, like, pat it and tell it it's a good car. So I'm doing some, like, gently encouraging taps on the dash. The bus is driving itself mainly with my assistance on turning. I do not have to apply gas or brakes. Definitely. The bus is is very much moving by itself. You're kind mm -hmm. of just, yeah, as you said, guiding it. Yep. As you are moving through the streets of somewhere, every once in a while, the bus time skips a little bit. So like you'll be driving and then you'll suddenly be 25 paces ahead or behind or like mm -hmm. in a different space. It's not stopped. So it's quantum superposition is uh, very much in play. Right. But it doesn't take you too long to get to the gas station. The gas station is on the side of the road. It's outside of the main town. So there's really nothing around. It's surrounded by an empty field with sort of nothing in it, no discernible features. And in this space, you see an old rundown gas station. There are a handful of broken down cars that are parked under the canopy where the rusted pumps stand idle, while the doors and windows are boarded up with the word closed spray painted in big, bold letters across the planks. The neon gas sign over the roof still glows and flickers unevenly as you approach. Okay, I tap the horn gently. <laughs> it's a little honk, honk. Yeah, you tap the horn. Here's the thing, though. There's no bus stop here. Uh -huh. uh, oh. So as you approach, I assume you press on the brakes and nothing happens. Okay. Well, I'm going to guide the bus in a slow circle around the gas station. Just yeah. Just doing the biggest donut. Just, just around and around. And I do think I tap the horn. But we're just going around and around the gas station very slowly. Yeah. Um, so you're circling the gas station. I think you circle a couple of times. And as you do, you see a figure in sort of an antiquated dress that's really torn and tattered running down the road after you. 
<laughs> and you recognize one parentheses number one and parentheses Claire Claremont. <laughs> And we are going to do your much anticipated Bond questions. Yeah. <laughs> one, dis one disturbance hey, in. We did it. Max, go ahead and pick one of your Bond questions and ask it to Claire. We are related in some convoluted way. How? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Ooh. Okay. Does this get into a weird zone where, like, I'm going to say that... Like a great, 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 great boonie. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> My cousin mm -hmm. is your great, great, great grandmother. And it's the cousin that I like vaguely knew about that was like always in like the corner of the photos of, of everything. Um, photos, but you know what I mean. That's what I would say. So like every once in a while, I'll pull out the like respect your elders kind of bit mm -hmm. on you. How do you feel about that? What do you think? Yes, I like this. Okay. <laughs> it's strange and too because Max doesn't exist in time. So yes. Who's greater? That who's the great mm -hmm. boonie of? It's a great question. <laughs> it's a paradox. It's a circle. It's a circular family tree. It's a family donut. It's a family, a family donut. <laughs> the family donut. Just like me driving around. In the circle, <laughs> it is a, a model of what our family tree looks like, the family donut. So Claire, beleaguered and out of breath, you arrive at the abandoned gas station at the edge of town to see the bus doing slow, wide donuts around the structure <laughs> and piloting it. I think you saw Max during the rumble, but we're in the middle of the action, so I didn't do the Bond question. But uh, go ahead and ask Max a question from your Bond list. Tell us how you know Max. You think you can use me. What for? Oh, Ooh. I think I can use you. What for? Okay, Claire. My hope is that the entity that has taken you over as it is something that probably exists beyond the limits of human comprehension, might know something about how to time travel, too. Because that feels like, you know, if it's something beyond the realm of human comprehension, the idea of, like, time probably doesn't <laughs> really have the same kind of meaning. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yes, my hope is that you can help me get unstuck, your entity. I kind of think of it in Buffy terms. It's like how all the vampires in Buffy, technically what's happened is that a demon has taken over uh -huh. them, mm -hmm. but they're still themselves, but they also have this other thing there. And that's how yeah. I play this. I mean, technically Rudy pieced out, but th there's clearly something left. Yeah, Not there's all remnants. of Rudy's gone. Yeah. And and I think the connection between Rudy yeah. and Claire mm -hmm. is still there because Claire ended up really liking Rudy. You know, yeah. it was not a choice, but she ended up preferring it. So in a way, it's like uh, she likes the idea of being able to maybe potentially summon Rudy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When needed. Gotta rekindle that old flame. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So Claire approaching, you see Max doing donuts in the bus. As it's doing these donuts, it's flickering back and forth in the time stream. So it's also jumping forward and ahead. So it's really carving just like weird portions of circles over and over again. Mm -hmm. As this happens, it's also honking its horn. And you see two middle-aged women come out from kind of just like between the broken down cars. They're just kind of looking at the bus, unsure of what to do. Hmm. 
What do you do? I think I'm going to go up to them. Okay. Do I recognize these women? One of them you recognize as Jackie, who you met in the back alley. Right. I will say, as you start to get closer to the gas station, you start to feel an unspeakable dread take hold of you. Your heart rate quickens, your palms begin to sweat, waves of panic nausea rack your gut, the peripheries of your vision constrict as it narrows. Your body seems to know on some visceral level that this is a wretched, unhallowed place. Mm. Hmm. Listeners may recall Jackie warned Max not to go into the gas station. That's true. But yeah, they are outside of it, so if you are willing to overcome these sensations, you can go talk to them. Yes, that is what I would like to do. I think Jackie sees you approaching and and kind of waves and says, Oh, hey, hey, uh, Claire, Claire. (laughs) Yeah. uh, How much I like Jackie. (laughs) You you found the bus. This is great. Good job. I did. Thanks for helping out. Yes, of course, you. I mean, I assumed you helped. You're you're here, so. I I did. Excuse? Help? Is this Max shouting out the window? (laughs) I got the bus, Jackie. Uh. Can you stop, please? No. Sorry, are you talking to me or Max? I mean, I don't need you to stop. You're fine. Uh, I know. I know, darling. Can the bus stop, though? That It sort of needs to stop for us to do our thing here. Right. Yes. So that's what I was going to ask. Um, Clearly, there's a lot going on over there, and Claire kind of just, like, hand waves at the general location where the bus is and isn't at any point in time. Mm -hmm. What can I do here to make the bus stop? I, I thought you would know how to make it stop. I don't I don't know how to make the bus stop. You strike me as an individual that is at all times carrying some type of metal. You got a little piece of metal on you? Um <laughs> It's a really <laughs> weird question. Just go with it. Uh I mean, yeah, she like fishes through her pockets and she pulls out like a nail file and a switchblade and she pulls out the gold doubloons <laughs> uh. <laughs> from earlier. <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, will this, will this do it? Excellent. And I think Claire doesn't even ask. It just grabs it and on the floor right in front of them draws a rectangle, just like scratches it into the floor using the gold. And then I just write bus stop inside it. And then I stand in it and I gesture to the two of them like, come now. They step in and Max, you feel the wheel of the bus turn. And it rolls slowly to a stop in front of the gas station. And everyone outside, you see the LED display board change from 404 route not found to the abandoned gas station at the edge of town. (laughs) (laughs) Good stop. Very nice. All right. And the bus is stopped. (sighs) It's kind of starting to get a little ill. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Max, good job. You did it. Good job. Well, I mean, I also did something here. Hello. <laughs> I, I just, I, like five five seconds ago, I said, good job, Claire. Yeah, that was five seconds ago. <laughs> well, um, allow me to uh, introduce the two of you to my friend, Gitzes. Gitzes? Yes, named after one of our Patreons, Jax hey. Gitzes. Nice. Uh, sorry, Jax is too close to Pax, so apologies yeah. there. Uh, it's Gitzes. <laughs> The woman standing next to Jackie is four and a half feet tall. She has long, dark brown hair and a red cap. She's wearing a powder blue trench coat that seems to fit kind of unevenly. 
and her whole appearance has a slightly glossy look to it. Hmm. She's carrying a big mechanics toolbox, and she kind of like steps forward and seems a little off balance, a little wobbly almost. And then she holds up her spare hand to a salute and says, Nice to meet you. I'm Kitsis. Thanks for bringing me the bus. (laughs) Yes, of course. Claire puts her hand out. She's waiting for her reward. Gitsis shakes your hand. Mm. Some like oil Mm. gets on your hand. You might have a poke around. I think Claire is entirely consumed by the oil that is now on her hand. Doesn't even hear it. Okay. Gitsis like turns slightly awkwardly and and looks at you, Max. You got a little something like right there on your cheek. Gitsis. She rubs her cheek. Her cheeks are quite ruddy also. Uh, And she kind of like rubs it. Nothing comes off or anything. It's like, did I get it? Yeah, yeah, you got it. Uh, yeah, go ahead and take a look at the bus. Great. It might take me a little while to figure out this wibbly-wobbly time jibbledy dobbledy <laughs> So y'all don't need to stick around if you want to go do other stuff. But if I learn anything about the quantum superposition, I will uh, let you know lickety-split. I lean over to Jackie and Soto Voce. I say, do we need to stick around? Uh, should we, should we keep an eye? Jackie. Nah, Gitsis is good for it. Don't worry. She's a gearhead through and through. Okay. All right. I don't know Gitsis, but I do know you and I trust you. Uh, how'd the soldiers shake out? Were you able to get them under control or have you ceded control of the store to them? We entered into a, um, an arrangement. Uh They, uh, they get to run the store when I'm out. You know, it's, like, it's kind of like a promotion, actually, when you think about it. They've really been demonstrating a lot of aptitude. They haven't attacked anyone uh, recently, uh, today. So um, we're trying out a little timeshare partnership arrangement. Interesting. And those little puncture wounds on your arms would be completely unrelated. Those are from uh, yesterday. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you reckon I stop by in the evenings then to avoid entanglements with your new employees? I mean, as long as you don't provoke them, it should be fine. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, if you want to stop by in the evenings when I'm there, you know. I think think evenings might be a a good time. Well, if she's going to tool around with the bus, I go up to the bus and I... Pat it gently on the front, and I go, thank you for your service, Buzz. Thank you. The engine revs ever so slightly. (laughs) (laughs) Like a little purr. Yeah. Claire has snapped out of it and kind of is starting to hear back what Gitz's said. And so uh, walks up to Gitz's and like pats Gitz's on the back, also conveniently wiping the oil back from whence it came. Yeah, she doesn't notice. No, of course not. Why would she? And pulls a a card out of her back pocket and hands it to Gitzes and goes, Gitzes. Yes? I'm Claire. Look, I don't need to give you the whole spiel, but I love your whole look, your whole thing. And also, I'm very interested in the fact that you're um, basically a time mechanic. Here's my card. (laughs) Call me when you're done here. We should chat. I can give you five points right up top. And we'll start you out with one blog a week. How does that sound? I don't understand what any of that means. <laughs> oh, so sweet. We'll do three points. We'll chat. Just call call the number on my card. Now, you'll notice the card looks blank. You need to just run it under hot perfume, and then my number will appear. 
Do you have any perfume? You know, in fact, I do. And I think she pulls out just like a sample of her latest something or other. Oh, boy. And hands it off and goes like, have yourself a good time with that. And we'll chat. We'll chat. And then starts walking back over to Max. Okay. She turns, confused, back to the bus. (laughs) This will come into play later, dear listeners. I do plan to create a blog for various characters. (laughs) Oh, no. Don't commit to that on Mike. I'm doing it. It's if it's on, on Mike, we'll hold you to it. <laughs> well, not just us. Premium Patreon content. Oh, okay, there we go. Claire's Crossroads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, paywall that. <laughs> With Gitz is working on the bus, I think she's kind of just like, you know, sort of examining it. She seems to be approaching, you know, fairly gingerly, not um, to be clear. It doesn't look like she's going to disassemble the bus. She definitely is treating it more like a creature than a... It's like a doctor checkup. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with Gitz is working on the bus, I think Jackie looks at the two of you and says, I think our, our business is concluded here. Uh, what do you all say? Uh, maybe uh, around at normal brewing? Yeah. Yes, of course. All right. Back in my day, all we drank was the beer. You couldn't drink the water. So <laughs> as we start to walk away, golden hour hits. And Claire realizes that This is the perfect time to take that, like, fun Schitt's Creek-style photo with the gas station. And so she drags Max, feel free to say no, obviously, but she tries to get Max to come and be the photographer to take a couple of photos of her outside the gas station. And then she, her curiosity gets the better of her and she decides to go ahead and just, like, open the door, see see, see what's in here. Max would come over and check it out with you. Okay, I need both of you to give me a roll to face fear. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Because the closer you get to this gas station, the more that feeling of absolute soul-crushing dread intensifies. I would argue that for Claire, that's the feeling every time she's about to take a selfie because she has to one-up her last selfie. So she can't tell the difference (laughs) between that and the gas station stuff. Uh, The vibes are slightly different. Ever so slightly. (laughs) Enough that I'm still going to make you roll. Yes. Well, that's a four. Ooh. (laughs) Uh, Hold on. I got a... That's a six. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Both of you get (laughs) within maybe about 50 feet of the gas station Mm -hmm. and slip into unconsciousness. Oh. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) And the last thing you see is that... (laughs) faintly flickering neon sign that just says gas. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 7 of Monster Hour Absurdia. My little monster is unfortunately feeling under the weather, so this is going to be a quick intermission and we'll get you right back to it. First, an announcement. It is September, which means it is once again time for International Podcast Month. IPM is a celebration of indie podcasting where creators come together to create a month-long showcase of some of the best collaborative storytelling out there. It's one of my favorite events of the year, and I was thrilled to be able to run a game of Absurdia. If you're curious what the game would sound like with a more whimsical tone, drawing on more Alice in Wonderland and Gravity Falls rather than Welcome to Night Vale, keep an eye on our social media for a link to the episode when it comes out. I want to give a special shout out this week to the newest members of WSOM's Eternal Pledge Drive, Roly Poly Goalie, Ari Beam, and Dan Shumway. 
May the gas station's dark and unfathomable presence bless all of our patrons for supporting the show and help make Season 2 possible. We just posted our delightfully weird and wild outtakes from Arc 1 of Season 2, and my GM notes will be following shortly. So if you've been enjoying this season and are looking for more content along with our abiding gratitude, you can head to patreon.com slash monsterhour or follow the link in the show notes. That's all I've got for you this week, dear listeners. Tune in September 20th for the next broadcast of WSOM, Radio Somewhere. Duncan! Yes? You are being led into City Hall by two code compliance officers. (laughs) Uh huh. Not the first time, but not often. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time this happened, I'd have two nickels, which is not which a, lot. a lot. <laughs> it's weird that it happened twice. Yeah, so um, I think you're just in the main large foyer of City Hall, this open space with archways leading to the various bureaucratic divisions, these long lines that stretch through unmoving people of all ages and persuasions and no small number of skeletons who seem to have simply died there Mm -hmm. and you are led through a doorway which actually doesn't have a line leading to it which i think is slightly ominous Mm. uh to the department of public menacing Mm. also ominous inside it is a large bullpen the floor is sort of this like checkered black and white there's a bunch of desks uh like old resolute oak desks at which sit a number of these code compliance officers all like hunched over scribbling on paperwork these like never-ending stacks of paperwork on their desks and as you are being led back you see someone stand up and head your direction Mm-hmm. Uh, this person has the the body of a young man, a dreary black suit hanging loosely off his very gangly frame. Perched atop his shoulders where his head ought to be is instead a large CCTV. Oh. The overlarge lens, which has a fake mustache glued to the very bottom, <laughs> uh, follows you as you move through the room. And it is your friendly contact in the bureaucracy, Stafford. Stafford! Tell me a little bit about Stafford. Well, first sidebar, I used to play this game in college where you would take a fake mustache and stick it on the screen and then drink every time it lines up. <laughs> um, super fun. So that's this game. <laughs> that's this game. Someone played this game <laughs> with Stafford and won. I guess he's part of the Department of Public Menacing if he's in here, though I suppose he could be from hmm, elsewhere. I have a notion. Yeah. You and I talked off mic yeah, about so him. Like Kyle is furiously scrolling up through old chat logs. <laughs> So where we talked about this? We talked about him being sort of like an investigator of um, disappearances, Mm -hmm. which are so frequent in somewhere that... His inbox is very big. Well, and it's kind of like a scut job. Uh (laughs) So I had envisioned him being like, like, it's so small, it's just kind of shunted into this other department, even though he's not public menacing. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you think of this. Disappearances, but it's like parking enforcement. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I actually like that better, that he's part of parking enforcement, because part of parking (laughs) enforcement is finding people who haven't paid their tickets because they've disappeared. Right, right. Yeah, disappearances has been lumped in with parking enforcement. (laughs) Okay, amazing. I love this. (laughs) Scratch scratch public menacing. That's a different department. You're in parking enforcement. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, tell me about Stafford. Incredible. Yeah, I think Stafford... A while ago, Duncan was doing a lot of poking around the bureaucracy. We kind of mentioned this earlier with the bond between Duncan and Max, but there's a period of time where he did a lot of poking around in the bureaucracy, asking questions that a lot of folks there 
bristled at and either didn't know answers to or didn't want to give answers to, except for one person that he found here in the uh, Department of Parking Enforcement, which was Stafford, who was able to get him some documents that he really wanted. And I think they, they, they hit it off. Stafford maybe was a little dismayed about all these disappearances that they have to investigate and nobody seems to either care or really follow up with the same drive for discovery and solutions that he has uh, until Duncan showed up. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Stafford intercepts you and these two code compliance officers. The red light on his camera head starts flashing a little bit and you hear a voice come from the camera. All right, I'll take it from here. <laughs> Sorry, every time, Stafford. I love your voice. It's so soothing. <laughs> Thank you. I try to be the friendly face of the bureaucracy. And I'm so glad to see you. Listen, what happened out there is, uh, I'm sure you understand, just a big misunderstanding. I'm here representing, of course, the press. And he kind of like pats around on his jacket for the right patch amongst his enamel pins and stickers that says WSOM. Uh, just kind of like points to it proudly. I think Stafford and the two code compliance officers are ignoring you, and all three of them have pulled out badges, like employee badges, and they unfold into these like little booklets that just keep <laughs> unfolding like reams of printer paper. They hit oh. the floor, they keep going, and they spread out across this checkered black and white linoleum floor oh. uh, until several seconds later, the two code compliance officers' badges stop unfurling, and Stafford's goes just like a little bit further. And without a word, the three badges roll back up. The officers push you towards Stafford, and Stafford leads you away. Duncan. Yeah. Wait, do we have to whisper, or is this just kind of... I forget. This no, is this kind is of always my voice. Okay, great. Yeah, Stafford, it's so good to see you. It's good to see you too, Duncan. What trouble have you gotten up to this time? Me? Nothing. I find that hard to believe. Well, okay, so you know about the bus, right? I do. Yeah. Uh, I've been but, following its exploits closely. Okay, good. So you know how it like went through a house? Yes. Uh, and some others. Okay, we figured out a solution for the bus. My friends and I, Max and Claire and I, we worked together kind of and solved the bus. We got, we figured, we figured it out. It, it's just, it was just scared and lost and just needed a, a some like, you know, guideposts, markers. Stafford kind of like is ushering you into a, um, an interview room and he, he shuts the door and says, Duncan. Yeah. We all know the bus is just lost. Oh. The point. Well, then what? Okay. The point, Duncan, is power. <laughs> the point is control. That's what the people in this damn city want. They want the power. <laughs> they want the control. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is just very good. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, bu I mean, the bus you just can't wants to stop. Okay. That you know, that they know, that you know. Okay. <laughs> about the power. About the bus. Yeah. And about their plans for it. But I, I mean, I've got a show tonight. I got people want to know about, they want to know that it's safe now, that the bus is calmed. That's your cross to bear, Duncan. Okay. If you want to choose the truth over safety, I can't protect you. Okay, but what if I say in a way that doesn't let on that I know that they know that I know of the... Wait, but they do know that... Who knows that... What if I don't say power? That might work. Do they know that I know about the power? 
Because I just found out. Then they probably don't know yet. Okay, good. And we shouldn't let them know that I know about the power. <laughs> if you think you can thread the needle, Duncan, I won't stop you. Stafford, come on. Who are you talking to? I thread needles professionally. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that even mean? Are you a seamstress? <laughs> I've sewn every one of these patches <laughs> by myself. But professionally implies being paid, yes. So did Other you pay people yourself? have patches. We oh. give out WSOM patches. Okay. Every every, every Duncan Oliver give more drive. Professional patch seamstress. And nobody uh, okay. seems to know how to put patches on in this town. <laughs> It's a forbidden knowledge. Another service that we at WSOM, the public servant, provide. Mm -hmm. You do have a way with words, Duncan Oliver. I'll give you that. If you want to tell people the truth, I respect that. Just keep an eye out over your shoulder and also your other shoulder. Both shoulders at the same okay. time. Well, it's a good thing that I have two eyes. Good. Put both of your eyes on a swivel. Yeah. And the lens on his CCTV had narrows. Anything more on the bus, Duncan? If not, I have other matters to discuss with you. I think I got it all across. It is lost. It needs bus stops. And we're, we're working to maybe get some bus stops out there. But now that I'm here with you, curious if you've found anything else. A trail, an echo. I was in the screaming fog earlier. I think I heard him. It's like you knew where I was going, Duncan. You and I were on the same tape set, and he taps his CCTV head. <laughs> My favorite character you've ever done. <laughs> He's very good. Thank you. Duncan, yeah. give me a roll to gather information. From bureaucracy? Uh, yeah. When you hit the streets looking for information, name a contact, in this case, Stafford, and yep. roll with their faction. Bureaucracy. Okay. Bureaucracy, I'm plus zero. But he's my bud. MH and two is an eight. Okay. I should just say six. It's going to be weird if I just say MH every time it's a six. Well, but, unless you say uh, it so often that the listeners know. I say it so often. MH mm -hmm. is six. If you lean into it. Beautiful Branding. monster hour dice, uh, which are unavailable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. We did a run for the public and they sold out in six hours. Did a, we did a run. If you got a set, nice. Congrats. Nice. Congratulations. <laughs> They're really cool. If you didn't. Sorry. Sorry. Maybe uh, again in the future. We'll see. Yeah, Stay tuned. Yeah. Go bug Susanna. Ne Actually, nebulously. don't. <laughs> okay. On a seven to nine, you learn something interesting, but it's up to you to make it useful. Mm. Okay. What a cool move from a cool game. Oh my gosh. You stepped into the fog? Yeah. Yeah. Duncan. I don't know if you have a lapel, but he like grabs your lapel and like shakes you a little bit. He's like, do you have a death wish, you son of a bitch? Listen, I didn't have a choice. I know you miss him, but you don't need to join him just yet. Stafford, I heard him. I know you did. I had a theory that I wanted to test. And all the chaos, this most recent appearance, I knew some folks were going to get got. Whenever someone is taken by the fog, Duncan, there's an echo around town. An echo of the screams of people who've been taken years past. You did hear them. That is your 
interesting, but up to you mm-hmm. to make it useful. When the fog takes someone, the echoes of the people that it's taken previously ring out through town. Hmm. Within the fog. <sighs> Shit. How many? Too many to count. How many today? Five. Jesus. Shit. That's a lot. A lot of people are going to the screaming fog. Don't blame yourself, Duncan. It was mostly the ones who were claimed before the alarm went off. I told them to stay out. You told everyone to get inside. We got to get inside. The bus went through a house, Stafford. Duncan. There's no protection if there's a hole in your house. Everyone knows things are unpredictable here. You can't blame yourself for the actions of others. We're all on our own in this doggy dog <laughs> world. Jesus. Out of character. Very <laughs> I'm glad you like Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> I want to subscribe to Stafford's newsletter, but he has to do voice notes. He's like every <laughs> Batman, Rorschach. Yes. <laughs> detective, dark detective. All yeah, no, I... I basically was like Rorschach if he's part of the bureaucracy, <laughs> which I get is a weird combination. But it's a weird combination, but it's a weird like bureaucracy. It. Yeah, exactly. Where what what just happened? Where were we? Oh, uh, he's, you're saying he's don't spouting, blame yourself. He's pontificating about yeah. we're all in the same. It's a dog eat dog world. You can't blame yourself for other people not preparing. It's my job, though, Stafford. We can always do better. You're right. Are there any better models that you've seen that we can predict? It's possible we might have something here in the bureaucracy, something maybe at the public library, maybe the bureaumancers. It'll be hard to get, though. Duncan, give me a call for aid roll. Sure. When you seek out specialized helper resources, choose an asset from the list below and roll with that faction. Bureaucracy's help and resources are credentials and access, historical records, specialized equipment, mm-hmm. status and privilege. I think historical mm-hmm. records would probably Yeah, fit I the think the angle is either historical records or like special equipment to try to build like storm chaser pods that can be left out and like i'm treating it like weather patterns and and hurricanes like is there is there equipment that duncan can get access to and distribute to help do storm chasing with the screaming fog essentially so we'll call it specialized equipment then call for aid with bureaucracy plus zero six damn it Wow, we suck at rolling, y'all. Yeah. Close. On a miss, Uh, they can't can't. or won't provide the aid you seek. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think what we get is like a back and forth of you and like Stafford talking. He's like, well, we might have some historical records. I've seen the records. I've been to the library. What do you think I was doing last year? Sorry. Don't mean to yell. I don't keep tabs on you all the time, Duncan. (laughs) What do you want then? What do you need? Surely there's some equipment. Surely there's something you have that can help gather data about the the screaming fog. Current data. Something beyond what we have in the the records. (laughs) You want to try to measure it with science, Duncan? (laughs) The screaming fog can't be quantified. It's a force of surreality. Something you'll never comprehend with numbers and figures. We don't have any tools to measure it. If you want something like that, you're going to need to go more occult, more eldritch, more entropic. I was afraid you would say that. I'm sorry. It's okay. But I won't stop looking, Duncan. Thank you. Of course.
I have a particularly spooky friend I think I can ask. <laughs> there you go. Did you hear something? Sound like a little laughter there a second. Anyways, I'm sure that's nothing. Based on my noise filters, I am incapable of hearing laughter. Oh. Do the code compliance officers have that same filter? Just asking for a friend. Yes. Oh. Laughter is a distraction that the bureaucracy cannot afford. Duncan scribbles that down. <laughs> <laughs> Taking your joke, making a canon. Yep. <laughs> I like that fact. Gonna tell my friend Claire about that fact and we'll use it later. Also great song lyrics. <laughs> is there anything else, Duncan? No. Is there? Do you need anything else from me? Are you going to be okay with helping me? Did you actively undermine the bureaucracy? I don't think so. Then you should be fine. Okay, good. Here, let's get out of here. What do you say about a beer? Let's go to normals. I mean, we could go to Abnormal Brewing Company, but you usually don't actually get a drink there. Yeah, I'm still recovering from the last time. I don't think I'll ever recover. <laughs> Chin up, Stafford. Uh, he tilts his CCTV head back. <laughs> <laughs> and the fake mustache almost falls off, but he pulls up a hand and pastes it back on. <laughs> <laughs> I help him with the mustache. Thank you, Duncan. Thank you. We can play that game where you replay security tape and we drink every time the mustache lines up. My favorite. That does sound like a fun game. <laughs> it does. It's a way to turn any show or movie into a drinking game without altering the rules. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some prime footage. Ooh, do tell. I mean, show, but later. Let's, let's go get a booth at Normal Brewing. I'll switch to projector mode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they love it when we do that. <laughs> Jeremy particularly loves it when we just bring a projector into his bar. <laughs> Let's do it. This is a good friend, Quinn. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm hanging my hat this season on weird NPCs. I think. Yes. It's a winning strategy. Lean in, my dude. Lean in. Weird NPCs and weird disturbances. <laughs> hey, it's absurd, yeah. The two of you exit out of City Hall, head down Main Street a little bit, and arrive at Normal Brewing. Inside is a perfectly ordinary scene. I think there are, you know, a few folks after work grabbing a drink. They're chatting. You see Jeremy behind the bar. He is with a group from the search party. They're all looking a little battered, but uh, otherwise not too worse for wear. Mm -hmm. And in the back corner... I think you see the back of an older woman in her, I think, 50s, I said, for Jackie. Do you, mm -hmm. do you know Jackie? You know most people. You might know Jackie. I know most people, yeah. I think I know Jackie, but not terribly well. Okay. So in a booth in the back, you see Jackie sitting, drinking a beer, and across from her in the booth are Claire and Max, both unconscious. <laughs> ah, fun. Okay. Stafford, there's our booth. Cool. Uh, I'm not much one for company. I mean, two of them are unconscious. Yeah, there's only one person there who's awake. <laughs> mm. All right. But if they say anything about my head. That's fair. You and Stafford sidle up to the booth. And Jackie looks at you and says, uh, Duncan, the radio yeah. guy, right? You, yeah, uh, Jackie, how's it going? 
Uh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I could complain, but I won't. What a, sorry to interrupt. Um, I mean, you're not interrupting, and she gestures at unconscious Max and Claire. Yeah, that was what I was interrupting about, I guess. Uh, what, are they okay? What happened? Oh, yeah, they're fine. They, um, you know, I, I told them not to go in the gas station, but they, they tried, and, oh. well, you know, fuck around, find out. <laughs> yeah, if I had a nickel every time this happened. You'd have two nickels. I'd have two nickels. Well, I'd have four now. isn't a lot. <laughs> I'll get him a drink, I guess. Okay. I go get three normal beers and whatever Stafford wants. <laughs> I like the notion that they only serve one beer, and it's yeah. called the normal beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Stafford will also take a normal beer. Okay. I got a normal with four normal beers. Jackie, you need a, another round? Um, I'm good for now. Thanks, darling. Okay. I put normal beers in front of unconscious Claire and Max. <laughs> um, are they, are they I, magic beers? Uh, Will they bring me back from... <laughs> yeah. Jackie, have you tried um, poking them or... I was just going to kind of like sit here and, and enjoy the silence, but uh, we can wake them up. And I think Jackie like leans across the booth and in like one big motion slaps both Max and Claire <laughs> in the cheek. And uh, the two of you come too. <laughs> Ouch. What am I doing? The two of you come to. You are in a booth at Normal Brewing. Seated across from you are Jackie, a very sort of like gangly man in a suit with a CCTV for a head, Uh who I don't think you recognize, and Duncan. Claire, Max. Yes. Hello there. What happened? I was going to ask you the same thing, but I guess Jackie kind of filled me in. You went in the butt. What were you doing at the gas? What were... What were you got? Where'd you, you, what happened to the bus? Well, hold on. I think the words you're looking for are thank you, Claire and Max, for bringing the bus to a calm stop. Well, I didn't know you did that, I guess, but thank you if that's what happened. I see that Jackie did not give all of the details of the, of the, I evening. summarized. Okay. Yeah, they said you went into the gas station. I mean, I tried. Ah, uh, did you? see anything i mean i didn't right i like tried to open the door and passed out no they they passed out like you know 20 paces away a pretty pretty good 20 paces oh that is pretty good what's the current record i think old susan got about 15 or 16 away Hmm. Mm -hmm. and she's never been the same yeah and she was oh man she was so fast kind of did the close your eyes and run method don't recommend that one yeah now she only speaks in iambic pentameter is kind of fun. What's in the gas station? That's a good question. Has oh, anyone made I'm, it in? I've been very rude. I'm so sorry. Max and Claire, this is uh, my good friend Stafford. Stafford, Max and Claire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, we're all talkers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I think that Claire just immediately pegs him as like bureaucracy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty obvious. <laughs> He sticks yeah. out like a sore thumb. Yeah, that's that's why she's being a little cold to, to uh-huh. Stafford. Uh, I think Claire kind of looks around and pulls out a little mirror she has. And by the way, this mirror has eyes on it that follow you as you're looking at yourself in the mirror. Oh. It's very unsettling. Anyway, she looks at herself in the mirror and she goes, you know, I have to say, there's nothing quite like an entropic slap in the face to really get the blood going. I think it's better than um, a little retinol at night. 
I say we do that once a day until someone makes it into the gas station. What say you? I'm going to pass on that. Thanks. <laughs> hmm. Any other takers? Susan still doesn't use vowels, so uh, yeah, it's a it's a no from me. I'm I'm okay. But I'm fine. Max, you seem fine. Do I seem fine? Quinn, are we fine? <laughs> you don't seem to have <laughs> suffered any ill effects. Everything you're saying is rhyming. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> who was the last person who ever made it into the gas station? Claire, give me a roll to gather information. Ha ha. A roll, you see. I play the game. <laughs> yeah. If you're directing this at Stafford, roll bureaucracy. If you're directing it at Jackie, roll underbelly. I'm going to direct it at Jackie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's your bureaucracy? Minus two now? <laughs> Shush. <laughs> go, like go Stafford. <laughs> okay. Ah, oh, my gosh. That would have been a seven, but because of my underbelly, it is a six. Oh, uh, minus one. On a miss, you glean the wrong information or accidentally reveal a secret of your own. I think the secret that you reveal is just like kind of an embarrassing lack of historical knowledge for someone who's been in town for 200 years. Oops. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie and Stafford kind of trade a look, and Jackie says, As far as anybody knows, nobody's made it into the gas station. If they have, they haven't come back out to tell the tale. Before I respond in character, question for you, Quinn. Mm -hmm. Does Jackie remember what used to be there back when she first was in town? What do you mean, does Claire remember? Sorry, yes, Claire. Sure, yeah. You tell me, what was it? I'm allowed to say what it was. I'm allowed to make that up. Sertia, baby. Yeah. That's, I guess that's true. Um, I think it was a bike shop. One of the first bike shops. Like Penny Farthings? Yes. In the 1800s? <laughs> penny I, Farthings. Yeah. Did they have bike shops? Penny, yeah. I mean, you had to get bikes. I suppose. Penny Farthings, how, how, when did they get? Penny Farthings 1870s, were popular 1870s, baby. Oh my God. Okay. So it was a, but, but hold on. It was a bike shop for Penny Farthings. And given the controversy at the time about women riding bikes in general, it was set on fire multiple times and had to be rebuilt constantly. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to dunk on myself here. I had no idea those funky little bikes with the big front wheels were called penny farthings. So yeah. listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, that's what it means. Oh, man. Yeah, they're the best bikes. Are <laughs> Objectively. <laughs> I'm calling out my own husband here. I don't uh, think you've ever been on one. Its popularity was due to its large front wheel providing high speeds and comfort because they didn't have they didn't know what shock absorption was, but the wheel did it. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Um, now I kind of want to try one. Okay, sorry. Go okay, ahead. yeah. So Claire, in the early days of Claire's life before the Rudy era, it was a antique old school bicycle store that sold penny farthings. The last side note is when modern bicycles were developed only like 10 years later and kind of started to replace penny farthings, <laughs> they were first marketed as safety bicycles oh. because oh, you weren't sitting no. 10 feet up in the air. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or people six were feet up or whatever, five feet up in the air. It was pretty easy oh, to boy. fall over. So this scene is the three of yours as long as you want it. Since this is the first time the three of you have been in one place and want like if you want to debrief, if you want to talk to Jackie or Stafford. Uh, only thing that I think Doug would want is to just kind of interview the people here who he hasn't yet, just to get the details. And we, I mean, we don't have to role play through it because listeners, you heard the details. They were part of the podcast. 
But Duncan will, you know, over over beer and casually as a friend chat and learn the details of what everyone did. This is the group at the booth, not other people. Yeah, involved. yeah. This okay. is mostly Claire and Max. Okay. Though he'll interview Jackie as well, I suppose, since nobody we don't nobody knows what Jackie was up to <laughs> most of that time. I prefer it that and, way. Yeah, but like they said, they dropped off the the bus to this Gitzes. Don't publish that Gitzes. name. They're looking into what exactly. I no 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 anonymous source of course. Good. Well now you're rhyming and you didn't <laughs> get whacked by the gas station. Or did I? Could I naturally interview Jackie? Yeah, okay, sure. Give me a roll. Great. Plus cheek. Uh I got an 8 total. Hold on. What do they fear or worry about? Yeah, I mean I think you ask a handful of questions and Jackie is quite reserved and taciturn and repeatedly like half threatens you to not talk about things on air. Um, sure, and I, I think I'm you get the sense that. that what Jackie fears or worries about is inviting the other factions in town into her world, into Underbelly mm-hmm. and specifically into the back alley where she and Gitzes and others make their home relatively undisturbed sure so she does not want attention drawn to her or her compatriots makes sense i think duncan as you are interviewing jackie and claire and max i think stafford has pulled up the projector and you're playing the mustache drinking game yes (laughs) with footage that stafford has pulled of the bus incident the showdown at city hall Um, (laughs) so it's kind of a nice little recap yeah drink twice as if, if it's your own face as y'all are doing that, the door to normal brewing swings open and a person enters, followed by another person and another person. And in single file, 15 people, all dressed in snappy, slightly more on the casual side of business casual, walk in one by what? one. They are all wearing name tags, and I don't think you can immediately see what they say, but these folks are fanning out, and one of them quickly arrives at your table. He's a slightly nebbish-looking man. He's got thick horn-rimmed glasses, coiffed hair, a, a slight baby face to him, and he steps up to you, takes a quick look, and very quickly, the rest of this group converges on you until there's a crowd standing at your booth. Uh... Duncan Oliver, Claire Claremont, Max, no known last name. Yes. Yes. Good. I stand up. We heard what happened outside of City Hall. Okay. It seems you caused quite a commotion for the bureaucracy. Well, tough titties? Oh. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) I consider that a feature, not a bug. Oh, well then. Then you're welcome. You seem like an entrepreneurial sort, and I have a problem that needs solving. I think you might be just the people to do it. I'm the PTA, and I need you to get our school back. (laughs) 